Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coghill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Coghill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers, yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now, sharpfocusnutrition.com. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam. Joining me is my co-host, Nikki. Nikki, it's good to see you. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year to you, too. I hope you um, had a good holiday. It was good. We're all local. Um... It's nice that we don't have to travel too far. Are you guys all local? Do you just kind of stay around? Yeah, we're pretty local, um, which is good because everyone in my family got the flu this year. Um, my in-laws got COVID too, so um, we we didn't do a lot of traveling at all, actually. We, we stayed home, so um, we had a happy flu year this year. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've been sick all of December. Now, just finally, I start to feel normal. And it's good because we've got a lot of good things that we want to talk about, uh, not mm-hmm. only throughout the year in 2023, but, uh, you know, today uh, we've got a couple topics we're going to get to, uh, one much more heavy handed than the other. Um, but first things first, it's January. And I know in our group chat, we were kind of playing around with the idea of dry January. I'm going to try it again. Is that something that you do at all? The only time I have ever done dry January is when I was pregnant. Um, ah. So uh, I don't think I'm going to do it now because I have a toddler at home. And so we have hit the um, the terrible threes, as I like to call them. So um, I... That makes me sound like an alcoholic that I like have to have quiet <laughs> after putting my kid to bed. Um, no, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't drink enough to say that like I need to. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I could, I could probably make it through January without it, but I, it's not like a goal that I need to set for myself, I think. So I'm yeah. also not really good with like restrictive type things anyway, because if I set a restrictive thing on myself, I'm going to go like too hard at the end of it so yeah (laughs) fair enough yeah I I 
I've only successfully done it once. Um, and, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing. And it's, it's funny because as you and I both have day jobs and everyone asks, you know, at least they did for me, what's your new year's resolution? And, you know, I never know what to say, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to finally put the bottle down for once and see how that, <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, quick segue to uh, something that I think everyone in the sports world has been talking about and is uh, not a laughing matter in any stretch of the imagination, but mm-hmm. you're a big football fan. I know you had a huge fantasy football weekend coming up or you did this past weekend, as did my wife and her uh, league and many others across the nation. And so many people tuned in for Monday Night Football. And admittedly, we all know uh, by now what happened with uh, DeMar Hamlin uh, collapsing on the field following what looked to be a pretty routine football play. Mm -hmm. And admittedly, Nikki, I actually wasn't even watching the game at the time until I saw your text come through and I'm like, Oh wait, I got to pause this movie and and see what's going on. What was your initial reaction watching the game? Yeah, it was. um, So I, I had made it to my fantasy football league championship for the first time in six years. I was super excited. It came down to, um, I had Josh Allen and my opponent had Joe Burrow. Those were the final two opponents. We were like tied going into Monday night. It was going to be like a nail biter. Um, I had on, um, we have a, a Bill's jersey that I had put on, you know, um, to watch the game. And so, um, you know, we have it on like our big screen movie theater and I'm watching, uh, my husband was putting my son down and I'm watching. And like you said, it was just a routine play. I didn't really even think anything of it. And they showed the replay. And I think that's how you knew that like people didn't really quite know what was going on because normally when it's a really bad injury like that, they don't really show the replay. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they showed the replay right away and they showed him fall down. And then all of a sudden they didn't show the replay anymore. And that's how you knew that like, it was really bad. Um, Cause if it's just kind of a routine injury, they'll show it a couple times, mm-hmm. but um, that's how you knew something was really bad going on. And then you could see the, the coaches mouthing, like on the field, you know, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And just the reactions from kind of everyone and the silence in the studio from Joe Buck and the the rest of the broadcast team is how you knew, like, I mean, I got chills instantly. I was like, this is something's not right. Like, this is not good. Um, and like my, my, I don't know, my mom kind of um, instinct kicked in and I instantly went like, like, I, I hope his mom is right there. And I, but I also hope like she's not watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was rough. It was a, it was mm-hmm. rough to watch, but I also really struggled with like how long it took them to, um, I get that it's a business and I get that like they didn't have any answers and they didn't really know what to do, but at a certain point, point they knew they weren't going to get any answers cut Mm. to literally anything else like do like what the mlb does during a rain delay put on like an espn classic game or something um you know i I made the comment that like i would have rather watched super bowl 51 replay than continually watch them struggle to put words together on what to say in that situation because Number one, this is unprecedented. We've never had this happen before. Number two, it's traumatic. 
and they're having to sit there and, you know, do their job through this traumatic event. And like, they shouldn't have had to do that, you know? And it also made me think of like how nurses and other doctors and um, medical professionals, how, you know, when somebody codes at a hospital, they're mm-hmm. expected to just move on to the next patient immediately. Like, I don't, I don't know. That was really rough for me to like, there, there was a lot of processing at the same time. And I know it wasn't about me at all by any means, but right. just that was my initial reaction. I, uh, very similar reaction, honestly. Um, you know, being sports fans like we are, I mean, we see injuries, we see medical emergencies often, you know, but like you said, this one's just was so different. And I remember, uh, you know, texting back and forth and saying like, wow, it was interesting that he stood up and then, then he collapsed and you're thinking like, all right, well, cause uh, you know, the sign of the times these days with the NFL, you often think about headed injury or something, you know, spinal cord or something like that. And that's just the way the nature of the sport, this obviously, as you pointed out as well, was so extreme on the field that the reactions from the players, you know, spoke volumes and people will be thinking about that for probably years to come. You know, you look at Josh Allen on the side, he looked like he had seen a ghost and, you know, numerous players crying and it was uh, everything to indicate that this was something totally, we hadn't seen this before. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, like the texts start to come through from others as well. Like, Oh, are you, are you watching the game? Oh my God. Oh my God. And so it immediately, what, what struck me was while in the aftermath of this horrible event, which by the way, I should mention get listeners, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 4th. And, uh, we know that this will release Monday. Anything can happen between those two days. And we're obviously hoping for the best as everyone is, uh, for DeMar. And we got some Mm -hmm. pretty, uh, promising, uh, reports as of today so far. So we're, we're still, uh, thoughts are with the family, but what's so interesting to me was it seemed like for the most part, everyone came together and everyone immediately went to, wow, this is about a young man's life and it was no longer about sports. I mean, sure. You're going to have those on the fringe and we saw on social and those, you know, we we won't mention here, but that was a moment where it was, I don't know the word, but encouraging, I guess, to see that we can still kind of all observe something at the same time and have a humane reaction to it. Did you feel that way in any way? Yeah, absolutely. And what kind of gave me the chills was realizing, like, if you remember back in week four, I think it was when Tua had his um, Mm -hmm. pretty bad hit, it was on that same field, that same exact field. Um, Because I remember, like, the discussion being around the the hospital that they were going to, and remember it being in Cincinnati, and then, you know, it was the fact that it was on that same exact field. But people were discussing even then in week four and like Tua got up, he got up then. And he like, he gave, like, he was giving signals that he was okay. And even though we knew he was not, um, but like, even then people were saying, this game does not need to go on. This game does not need to play. There are more important things than continuing this game. And the fact that it took from week four to week 17 for like, everyone to figure that out. And I still think that there's a lot of people that didn't figure that out because it took, um, after the fact, there were some things that came out that 
you know, there's, there were rumors and speculation that the NFL was not the one who actually made the decision. And we don't, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true or not. There's, if that, that's all rumors and speculation, but that the room, the rumor is that the NFL and the league was not actually the one to make the decision to stop that game, that it was the two head coaches, that both coaches said, we are not going back out there. We're not doing this five minute warm up. We're not even doing a like 30 minute hour long warm up, like after going into the locker room to collect ourselves. This is done. We're going home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've seen comments, a couple comments today that, um, that Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor were talking back and forth. And, um, you know, he was saying, you know, my, my job as his coach right now is to be there with him in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that, you know, the players were going to each other in the locker room, the fact that fans from the opposing team, the Bengals fans who paid $200, $300 for a ticket to that game that just got canceled in what minute four, five of that game, right. um, that they said, Oh, this is someone from the opposing team who we're fighting for, like a you know number one seed for right now. Um, that they said screw the game, and they drove to the hospital and they stood mm-hmm. outside of the hospital just to support, just to be there, and not even to mention the money raised for his charity. You know, but the link started going around, and his goal, his initial goal was, I think, what was it, twenty five hundred dollars or something, two thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and within 30 minutes, it had like over a hundred thousand dollars. And I mean, I I don't know what the number is today, but it's over. I think like 9 million. I think it got to like almost 9 million now. Oh my God. I mean, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. The fact that, Mm -hmm. that, that people so quickly said, screw football, screw NFL, screw our fantasy teams, screw whatever. This is about this man and his life. And this family who is struggling right now, like screw all of it, um, that it was, it's pretty powerful to see kind of the combination of all of that combined. Yeah, it, it really was. And uh, once again, I mean, obviously we're hoping for, you know, positive news to come out. Uh, hopefully by the time that you hear this listeners, he may be home. You know, I don't know. That might be uh, so. being a little overly positive. You hope so. Um, but uh, once again, reports have come out that indicate he's uh, moving in the right direction, which is great. And, you know, Nikki, um, obviously we're not a football podcast, but we do like to touch on a lot of different things. And we will be doing more of that uh, throughout 2023. Um, it's it's interesting because this there is actually some precedent uh, for how professional athletes are responded to because there was a lot coming out when DeMar went down, how quickly the emergency staff got to him. I believe I, I read like 10 seconds. Somebody mm-hmm. was out there. Um, there's some precedent and other examples of this in professional golf as well. And people who have followed the sport will probably know a few of the names. Um, one of which that hops out of course is Jason bone a few years ago. I believe it was 2016 um, mm-hmm. following the second round of the Honda classic. He actually suffered a heart attack Um following that round. Now it wasn't actually on the golf course during the round, but, um, there are other examples that are unfortunate. He's Jason bone is of course, uh, good now. I imagine we haven't heard too much from him in recent years. Um, and then unfortunately, of course, there are other examples where people were not as fortunate with the caddy who unfortunately passed away following a cardiac event in Dubai. Um, and, uh, Max Zachman, by the way, is, is the caddy's name. And so it, it just it begs to wonder, you know, we often think about 
sports, including professional golf, uh, football, baseball, whatever. And we think of it as this escape from reality sometimes, at least I do. I want it to be this escape from life. And then all of a sudden there's this shot of life, you Mm. know, real things that happen that come in. How do you, I mean, I know how I try to come to terms with that. And I know we often talk when these things happen, but I mean, like kind of like what goes through your head when you see these real life events occur during something that's supposed to be a distraction? I mean, yeah, it's a bad time to do dry January. <laughs> like that's for sure. Yeah, right. Um, right. Like, um, I don't know. I mean, it was rough. I mean, like even what, what was so crazy is, you know, these, and I think Ryan Clark and Scott Van Pelt, who by the way, were the two perfect people for them to cut to on ESPN and to, to kind of carry everyone through, um, that, that trauma that, everyone had kind of collectively just experienced um, obviously those who were there worse than the people who experienced it at home, but um, they, they touched on it a lot more about how, you know, these players are putting their lives on the line and you never know what's going to happen. And um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainties and, you know, you always know that injuries could happen, but the, the, like the cardiac arrest stuff is what's so scary. Um, You know, and as they're talking about that, a story comes through about a, former um, Jacksonville Jaguars player um, mm-hmm. who um, I believe they said he was 38 who died of a heart attack at 38. Like that's not that old. That's not, that's, that's not, that's young. That's a child, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what's so scary. I think to me, especially when, when we think about it in, in relation to golf, you know, and, and when we think about golf and we think about injuries, there's a lot of talk about Tiger and a lot of talk about his injuries right. and a lot of talk about like, is his leg okay to walk up these hills? Is his back okay to make these swings? Um, you know, and, um, you know, talk about like wrist injuries in golf and all these type of things. But in, in football, there's a lot of talk about head injuries, a lot of talk about concussions, but it's the, the heart attack stuff that's so scary because you never know when it could happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, you're trying to eat right. You're trying to do all the healthy things to keep your heart strong, but what, you know, the heart attack, the strokes, the, 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 the more internal things that aren't kind of at the forefront, you know, you don't think about those things as much when it comes to sports injuries. Um, right. and that's, I think what, what is so scary. And that I think when it comes to golf, you know, it, is is the response time that they had in, on the football field is is that can you translate that on a golf course you know when everyone is right. as spread out um if something like that were to happen can you can I, I don't know i don't know yeah well that's actually a really good point because you know when you've got these uh, the spreading out nature of the game is exactly exactly the point you know it's it's one of those things where you know golf being extremely different there's no contact uh there's no uh well you know when i'm walking a golf course i mean i know my heart's going but uh you know (laughs) these guys that are out there um they're they're in much better shape and you're right about tiger and all that And, and it's just one of those elements where i often feel we get so wrapped up in the narratives and the storylines and the the drama that we create ourselves you know we the greater we um, 
watching these games just because, you know, sometimes we just want a little drama to make it a little bit more exciting. I feel that's like human nature. And then real life comes in like this life and death situations, like what we saw. And, you know, you and I are very similar in the way of, um, you know, thinking about, okay, well, did we plan accordingly Mm. for something, you know, and I just, my mind immediately goes to contingency planning, like you pointed out, you know, on the PGA tour, if that were to happen, you know, if golfer X, let's not say any names because we don't want to wish it upon anyone, but golfer X goes down on the seventh hole, which just so happens to be, you know, a mile away from the the clubhouse, you know, how quickly can they get out there? So uh, you have to hope that, you know, first of all, that we never see anything like this again, but we also know that that's probably unrealistic. Um, but we also expect that there are contingency plans in place so that, you know, for the sake of not, uh, most importantly, of course, the person experiencing the event, but for everyone involved that we can get this taken care of and the proper care can be, you know, administered and what have you. Um, that's all I had on this. Any, anything else you wanted to mention? Um, no, nothing. The, just that I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. him and, and his mom. And, you know, I know the, the story came out that they, they were holding the ambulance to wait on his mom and to make sure that his mom could ride with them. And, you know, I just, um, that his family's released a statement thanking everyone for being there and, um, his dad released another statement saying any negative comments or ill will that is like coming out towards um, T Higgins, who is the player who, you know, made, made the collision with him, you know, on the very routine play needs to stop, you know, and his dad, that's what his dad said. He goes, because that's not, he's not the cause of this and everyone needs to stop, which I haven't seen many negative comments, but he went ahead and just, put an end to it and said, if there are any, it needs to end right now. Right. Um, which I thought that was huge of, of his family to even say at this moment, you know, when they're having other worries and things they should be thinking about. So, um, yeah, just continued thoughts and and prayers for them. And hopefully by the time that this comes out on Monday, there will be some more positive news. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, to transition away from that, and we will, of course, uh, you'll probably see us comment a little bit about it, listeners, either on social channels or, or what have you. But um, we do actually have the start of yet another PGA Tour season coming up. And yeah. there's all just uh, January is a very busy golf month. I mean, we've got the PGA merchandise show for the equipment heads uh, like myself and others. That's going to come out. We've got the new PGA Tour season. Of course, we've got all new seasons for all professional uh, golf events and, and tours, but the century tournament of champions, let's face it. That's where most eyeballs in the golf world will be who want to watch the game. And there are going to be some notable players in the field. Of course, it's a field that features all of the, uh, previous year's champions as well as a few others, but there's Mm -hmm. also going to be some absences this year. And perhaps the most notable cam Smith, which is one that comes to mind, who was a multiple time winner last year as he went to live golf. Uh, Any initial reactions about your excitement level or lack thereof, which is perfectly fine regarding the new season uh, right off the bat? I mean, personally, like the the century is, is fine. Um, I, I enjoy it, but like the century is one that I will tune into on the last two days. 
for me, I kick into high gear at like at um, Tory Pines at the farmers. And I don't know, mm-hmm. it hasn't always been that way. I usually, it's, we'll start with the century. I think it probably started the year that like Patrick Reed caused all that scandal um, at Tory yeah. Pines. <laughs> um, maybe that's why I'm a little more invested there, but um, I don't know. I mean, like I'm, I'm invested. I'm interested to see, but it's also so early in the season that I'm like, I'm not putting all my eggs in this basket just yet. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we'll, we'll see how some of these players go, but it's still so early and it's too early to make a, you know, be like, Oh, I want to see how this person performs to see if they're ready for Augusta. Like it's, it's January. There's a hundred tournaments between now and in April. At least it feels like it that there are anyway. Um, but in terms of Cam Smith not being there, um, you know, I don't know, like we've seen, it feels like, cause June, June was when really most of them jumped ship. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It feels like most of them have been gone long enough now that it's like, you don't really notice them missing that much. Like it's not, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, maybe I've, I've done no, the I- in my head. You know, <laughs> but well, I, know I, I agree like, with you. Actually. Haven't, and there's going to be other people who yeah. like uh, remember him winning this tournament and are going to turn it, tune in, and be like, "Where is he? Why isn't the past champion there?" You know, so I don't know. Right. Yeah. No, I I actually agree with you too, and it was interesting. I hadn't really thought about it until you just mentioned it. You know, it's been a few months now that these guys have jumped over, and it's almost like. All right. Is it old news yet? I mean, is it almost like, can we cope with the loss of Patrick Reed at this point? I mean, I think I'm over it. I, I didn't think I'd get to this point since he was such an important part of my life. <laughs> but I think I can. <laughs> I think, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's almost like, you know, what's the second wave, so to speak, of live in 2023 you know are there going to be other defectors do we even continue to call them that is the most is that the most appropriate term anymore i i don't know i think it's almost like am i am i trying to say that i'm becoming complacent with live golf i don't know that feels weird i i think i just don't care anymore like i think (laughs) it was because clearly they don't they don't care either like they don't care I I don't know. I mean, I think it also comes down to what really is going to happen with the world golf rankings. Like I, Mm -hmm. I really, I don't know. I, there there was a part of me that was really, really hoping Augusta would stick to their guns and be like, no, you cannot come here. We do not want to. However, I think they left language open enough to be like, you know, 2024, we can make some changes, you know? So, right. um, I don't know. I think, I think the fact that like, they're still going to be invited to certain majors, but not all of them, only some of them. Like, I, I think, I don't know. It's still just so like up in the air, who knows, who cares? You know, I, I know one thing, I'm not watching a lot of live tournaments. It's still no. too difficult to watch and find, and so that's, you know, it's also difficult to watch and find a lot of the PGA tour tournaments. So fair you know, enough. Yeah. That, but it just, I don't know. I'm not watching a lot of live tournaments. So 
that's probably why I don't care that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I agree with that. You know, it's, it's, um, and you mentioned the world golf rankings and it's interesting how all of these things that we just kind of took for granted are now kind of being turned on their heads a little bit, especially the world golf rankings. And you pointed out to me before we got going here, of just how far some of these players have fallen. And it's a ranking that, as we all know, actually means a lot, uh, whether it be getting into majors, whether it be getting into other events and let's face it, probably things off the golf course as well in terms of sponsorship deals and whatever else these guys need to do to supplement their on-course winnings. I mean, when you look down the list of some of the players who have gone to live and who are no longer collecting as many world ranking points as they used to, because there are still some events that they participate in who do give them a little, you know, some shillings of world ranking points. I mean, Cam Smith, he's still, I think in the top 10 right now, but I mean, our buddy, Phil, what he's on a free fall. He is currently number 213. Um, and he, he fell out of the top 100 in like right before he won the PGA, because like, I remember that being a really big story. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, he just fell out of the top 100 in the world rankings. Like Phil's a nobody now. Like he's never going to win again. And then like he won the PGA championship, you know, and now holds a record for being the oldest major winner ever. Um, However, then, you know, the rest of the story. So um, now he has dropped out of the top 200. So um, Dustin Johnson is out of, let's see, he's at his lowest ranking. He's now at 41, which is his lowest ranking since 2010. Mm. So, I mean, that's, let me see, who else is on this list? Sergio. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I mean. Sergio, Paul, oh, poor Sergio. <laughs> he was the first golfer to block me. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Let's see. He fell out of the top 100. Um, let's see. He had a streak. Oh, wow. His streak in the top 100 spanned 23 years and 21 weeks. That's kind of nuts. And it's even more nuts that like they were just, they knew that this was probably going to happen when they went to live and they were like, yeah, let's do this. Which makes me think where they lied to about their guarantee of getting the world like golf rankings, or did they just not care about the rankings and they were still just like, they just saw the dollar signs. I, you hit the nail on the head. I think, I think they were sold a bill of goods in a lot of ways. And, you know, I mean, as we said at the start of this, you know, conversation, this, this is a ranking that does mean a lot. Now, uh, golf nerds will know that the world ranking was started by IMG, uh, the um, sports agency years ago to kind of boost their own players. And that has, it has evolved since then. So I want to, you know, be fair with that, that commentary, but these guys, I mean, they were offered obscene amounts of money. Everybody knows that everyone understands it wasn't just to be home with family or to travel less or anything like that. But I think that you're right. They were probably set, uh, provided or promised. Yeah, we're, we're going to get the, don't worry about it, guys. We're going to play the majors there. They, they would never take the world ranking points away from us. And now we're seeing, Hey, 
there's a, there's a phrase out there. You F around and find out. And a lot of these players are. I know. I know. And that, I don't know. I, I keep going back and forth on whether or not I think they just like were in it for the money or whether they were tricked. I, I'm starting to think it was a combination of the two at this point, but Mm. yeah, I don't know. I also think that a lot of those guys, some of their sponsorships that they lost had less to do with losing their ranking and a lot more to do with who lives backed by. And then some of them, Mm. it had a lot to do with running their mouth. And what they were saying online, right. um, mm-hmm. Phil probably most notably. So, well, yes, and I think uh, in addition to that, the PGA Tour has very strong relationships with a lot of these sponsors too. And yeah. I would imagine there was a little bit of you know Jay Monahan getting on the call with you know insert brand here. Because the other thing that we've not not yet seen widely, because I think I may have seen one or two, is we don't see a lot of commercials with these guys in them yet, you know, for brands. You know, we're not yeah. seeing Dustin Johnson singing Christmas carols with Tiger and Rory and Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, yeah. they are still yeah. trying to figure out how to use these guys. That's true. They were notably left out of that most recent um Christmas commercial that they did, which is interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to have to see how all this plays out. And obviously the tournament of champions is the first tournament for either tour in 2023. Um, I'm excited for it. I know we joke around a lot about there being, you know, a million and a half golf tournaments throughout the year. And that is true. I mean, there is a lot of golf out there and, and at golf unfiltered, you know, we don't typically cover, you know, each and every tournament, you can get that anywhere else, but, uh, we will certainly highlight some of the more notable tournaments and the ones that both you, Nikki and I, uh, enjoy the most as well as Dan, our third teammate. But, um, obviously there's a lot of different things we're going to talk about throughout the year. Uh, one of the things that we always like to kind of joke around a little bit about are the trophies that these tournaments hand out. And I know that we like to, like I said, joke about a few of them. Uh, some are uh, a little bit more, there's some more innuendo, I think, for some of these trophies than others. But there are also others that are just kind of weird, isn't there? Well, yeah, because I mean, the Century has, like, the Century's trophy is, like, I mean, it's pretty notable for being, it's not, I wouldn't say it's weird. I mean, I, I think the Century's trophy is pretty cool. It's like that pretty glass, like, fish thing. Yeah. Um, yep. But, like, there's other tournaments that I can think of. I mean, the Sanderson Farms right off the bat has an awesome trophy. Um, and then there's the, there's one that, that, I, well, there's, I was looking up stuff. There's one, it's the Qatar Masters. It's, um, mm. it's a giant clam that has like a pearl in the <laughs> middle. I mean, it, it's literally yeah. an enormous clam um, with a giant pearl in the middle. Um, and it's like, it's something that you wouldn't even, think is like a, a trophy at all um <laughs> yeah well and then there's the hero which is just the big right. tiger i feel like if 
by some chance you or your husband or someone won the hero world challenge, like that would be the centerpiece. Like you would design a house around that trophy. <laughs> you are such I a mean, massive tiger fan. <laughs> at least a room, at least a room, you know, <laughs> every Christmas card moving forward is just going to be, Oh yeah. Just here, posing here it is around, around, just posing around the trophy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's funny because it, I always wonder, you know, clearly these guys keep these trophies in a trophy room or on a mantle or something. Some of them, some of these trophies are not mm. like, they don't make one every year for them to take home. Right. Some of them are like, you hold it up for the picture and your name goes on it and it stays in the clubhouse. <laughs> like. That is true. Most, I would say, I would, I would venture to say most of them actually probably like the more intricate ones, you know, like, like the Claret Jug, you aren't, you don't just get like your own, like, I mean, you get to take it for a year, but like, you don't just get right. I mean, do they make a replica of it for you to have? I think, you know, I don't. I don't actually know, and I'm actually embarrassed by that. I I, re- I know that they give the Masters winner the the trophy. Yeah. I know that others. I think like the U.S. Open, they give a replica. Um, that's a great question. I don't know, if, viewers. If you're watching this, and if we're just being dumb right now, like let us know <laughs> in the comments. Do 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 they get a replica claret jug? I I would hope that they do. I mean, even. In the NHL, I think the Stanley Cup winners get. Actually, no, I don't. I don't even think they get a replica of the Stanley Cup. So that's a great question. I don't know. Well, I remember it being <laughs> a big story when, like, when Shane Lowry won, obviously, because like when he was like bringing bringing the trophy back, you know, because he had taken it all around and everything, and um, you know, like when Phil won the PGA, he's like driving it around and like his little golf cart, making videos with it. But like, I mean they bring it back, don't they? Or like, are there certain yeah. ones that they bring back and certain ones that they just keep making every year? I want to say like the Wanamaker, the Claret Jug, like those ones, they have to bring back. They, that you would have to think. You definitely have to. I mean, cause I, uh, and you would know this probably better than I would, like even like the green jacket, they have one that they keep at, Augusta. They have one that stays at Augusta. They just get one, right? They used yeah, to, okay. but Gary Player screwed that up because he took he <laughs> he took it and didn't bring Imagine it back. That. He didn't bring it back. And so there's one just one of his is just out there. And like yeah. Well, I mean, we gotta call Wayne. I think that's what we gotta do. Wayne Wayne totally sold that jacket. I think that's that there was that's one there was one several years ago that like ended up somehow at like some random Goodwill or like thrift store. And but, but the person who found oh, it right. like called Augusta and was like, Um, I think I bought this and I think it actually belongs to you guys. Which first of all, why would you ever do that? Like, I would never, ever, I mean, I say that, I probably would actually, I, because I would think my, like, my loyalty and, like, kindness, and that's probably why they did it, but I don't know, like, but why, I guess the better question is, why would you ever just sell it to a thrift store? 
probably right. someone who didn't know and it probably wasn't a winner's jacket it was probably a member's jacket right like someone who was just very rich and paid the membership there and then mm-hmm. maybe passed away and their kids or grandkids were cleaning out their house and didn't know what they had and donated all the clothes which i mean that's just that's, that's still it's, it's still a a an augusta green jacket whether it's a member's jacket right. or a winner's jacket yeah 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 i i don't know if i it's, wow well maybe that's a topic for another day <laughs> listeners what, what would you do listeners would you <laughs> would you donate an augusta green jacket uh no one listening to this would do that i have faith in you listeners that you would not do that no at any rate, well, we're, we've just about run out of time. We've covered a lot of topics today. Uh, Nikki, I'm uh, once again excited to work alongside you as well as our friend Dan for 2023. We've got a lot of great things planned. Uh, you're going to see a lot more viewers of Nikki and I on podcasts together. Um, and we're going to cover all sorts of different things, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Um, we've got a lot to talk about this year. And hopefully we've got a lot of um, fun guests to bring back on too. So yeah, I'm excited about 2023. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in once again. We'll be back again next week. In the meantime, take care of each other, and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye.